Welcome to Behind the Writer, the podcast about what the heck happens after you finally finish that novel. I'm your host, Julie Vade, and I'm here with my fellow indie authors to dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly of writing and publishing a novel. Today, I am joined by Mallory Wanless. Mallory has always been a massive bookworm. Books are her outlet when the world is overwhelming or too busy. Since having kids, she's used books and stories to escape from the day-to-day of stay-at-home parenting. Mallory, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Yes. I love talking to authors. This has been so fun. (laughs) I bet. Okay, so let's jump right into it. So tell me a little bit about the books that you have published and what projects you have going on right now. Okay, so uh, my first trilogy finished um, back in March. I originally wrote the first book, Storm and Flame. It took me about four years to write the first book because I started when my kids were little. And and, uh, it's really hard to write when you have children. It's really hard to write when they're little and they demand your attention. I can only imagine. <laughs> it got a lot easier as I went. Um, it's a young adult fantasy following. Originally, the main character, Elena, meets Quinn in the first book. And the first book is all about their adventures, trying to figure out how to live in a world that they don't feel like they belong in. And by the end of that book, they have accidentally um, unleashed magics that aren't supposed to exist and start a prophecy that's going to erase magic from the rest of the world. Yeah. Wow. And they spend the next two books trying to undo that and save the world before everyone dies. Okay. Yeah. That was, sounds great. It's, it's <laughs> an interesting and fun story, but it's got a lot of, I can't do just like serious, stressful content stuff. I don't know. So there's a lot of comedic yeah. relief thrown in. They have uh, animal familiars that are very sarcastic and dry humor and they they're just, they say all yeah. the things that you want to say, but you know, you probably shouldn't yeah. because it's not nice. The animals say it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the comic relief characters are generally like the best characters. They are definitely story. my favorite. <laughs> I love them. Uh, yeah. I also feel like a lot of uh, authors and me too have take so long to write like their first book. Cause I feel like everybody wants to make it perfect yeah. like years. And then like after that, once you like, like, Oh, I can do this. It's like banging through books yeah, after that. <laughs> like the second book took about a year. The third book from like first word to publication was six months. And I do not recommend that. That yeah. was stressful. Oh, <laughs> like, I have never drafted so fast in my life and I'm never doing that again. Yeah, I agree. That happened to me with my second book because I wanted to publish it before um, I was just at Imaginarium. So I was like, I got to get this out so I can have them both there. And then I was like, looking back, I was like, yeah, like it came out good. But I was like, I don't think I'm going <laughs> to rush it. Like, it was too much. It turned out all right, but also yeah, it's never never again. Again. Yeah, would not do that again. <laughs> all right. But you said you're doing... Young adult fantasy, right? Yeah. So what draws you to kind of that age range? Honestly, a lot of it is because I am uncomfortable writing spicy things. Like, I know everybody Me wants too. Romance, but I can't write. <laughs> I like, I, it happens. Absolutely. It happens. Just I can't write it down. Yeah. It's just it's, it's yeah. their personal lives. Just let them have that private space. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I feel like there's like so much out there and everybody's all about like, where's the spice? Is there spice? That's like the first question. And anytime you say you write fancy, they're like, oh, is there spice in it? I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> I mean, there's like a little bit of heat in the third book, but that like the first book, there's no romance at all. And when I tell people that they either love it yeah. or they think like, what's the point? I've had some people be like, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, right. I, I don't like romance or, oh, this is for my niece and she's 12. I'm like, well, then good. Because 12 year olds, 12 year olds thinking about that, it makes me uncomfortable. I know. Me too. And I feel like I was talking to somebody else about this, how like, I feel like young adult, everybody kind of has their own like definition of like young adult versus yeah. new adult versus adult. And I feel like there's a lot of spicy scenes and stuff that is not really, no. I don't think it's very appropriate yes. in young adult these days. And I'm like, people yes. are like 12 reading like, this. I, I <laughs> love the From Blood and Ash trilogy or the it's not even a trilogy anymore but that world those are great books but if that yeah. if poppy is really supposed to be 16 she is doing stuff that i'm an adult have not done this is amazing right. i mean other than murdering people's stuff right. but like that's acceptable this is stuff like i have a 14 year old well a 13 year old niece she's gonna be 14 in a month i want her to read my books and it not make family meals and parties awkward right yeah. i want to be able to talk to them about the books and not have any scenes that we just can't talk about for yeah. fear of it being awkward yeah there there are some things that like there's there's a couple scenes that are the book has some couple trigger warnings that attempted sexual assault but it's all still like pg-13 rated because i right. don't want to get like gruesome or graphic or icky i agree i know not too. i totally agree i think we're maybe in the minority of people that yeah. share this view but i totally agree with you. I, we, I uh, have been finding more and more though the more you talk about it the more people are like oh yeah that's that's what i like i skim through the other scenes because i don't like that stuff you just, you just have to talk about it a whole lot to get those people to hear you and find you yeah, I never thought to, like, advertise, like, my books that way. But now that I'm, like, kind of in it more and understand all the stuff, yeah. like, I think that's, like, really an advertising point is to put, like, <laughs> no spice because people, some people are looking for that. This is also new to me. And I was like, wow, I didn't know this was a whole discussion. Yes. So <laughs> I could go on and on forever like about the spiciness of books. This is weird. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, all right. So... So what, so writing in general now, let's talk about that. What draws you to writing? What got you into it? How's all that for you? Honestly, I got into it because I was home 12 hours a day with a four-year-old and a two-year-old and I needed something to get my brain outside of anything on PBS Kids. PBS Kids is great, but it's not that stimulating for an adult. Right. And not every day, all day. Yeah, no. Like We've had Daniel Tiger on repeat for years. Yeah. Great show. But mom needs something. So I would sit on the couch next to them and read while they're playing or watching whatever. And, and while I'm reading all the time, I'm like, you know, I could do that. I could I could make up a world. And then I would just sit there and think, I'm like, why am I not writing this down? I came up with the first like half of the book without having written anything down yet because I just didn't have I didn't think that I could. Yeah. Then when I started doing it, I couldn't make it stop. And so now I'm currently writing four books and Kindle Vela episodes every week because I can't make it stop anymore. <laughs> how does Kindle Vela work? I like recently learned about that. What do you how does that work? I have no idea. I this is my first one. <laughs> I've got four episodes and a fifth one coming out. Like so I'm doing episodes on Sundays. The fifth one comes out like this coming Sunday and 
I don't know. I'm just playing around with it. I have no idea how any of this works. I'm just, I write a, a, a scene or a chapter. It has to be like, there's a certain word count range. It's like 500 to 6,000 or something. Mine are usually around 1,500. It's about like three or four pages. You know, I write it. I stick it up there. And so far, uh, I think like one other person has read my books or my, my episodes. But it's just <laughs> hey. it's stuff that like... <laughs> I want to write this scene, but it doesn't make sense in any of the books that I'm writing. So I've now started little short stories following a side character who's lived. He's immortal. He's lived forever. So now he's just sitting by a campfire telling stories of his childhood and his adventures. What else am I going to do? He's he's never going to be able to tell these stories in a book they just they don't make sense in a book so he's got his own little sideshow yeah that's good okay that sounds like fun so like it's i feel like it's kind of um what's that site like um like wattpad where you like are uploading a chapter at a time kind of thing right yeah i think it's, yeah. it's like kendall's answer to that version yeah okay fine so do you i'm assuming you don't make a lot of outlines considering you wrote <laughs> the first part of your book before you even wrote anything <laughs> i am a pantser through and through i tried plotting yeah. out a book once and i got so bored i can't i just yeah. sit down and and just write whatever is happening in my head that day and i don't even write it in order like most of the time i try to just right. write what comes next but every now and then especially like in the shower i'm sure you understand this you're in the shower and you get an idea and you just okay that's what we're writing today. And I've done that the last yeah. the last three times. I'm working currently on book four. I have written about the first quarter of the book. And then I've got 10,000 words that I don't know where it goes yet. But it's going to fit in there somewhere. Yes. yes, I do the same thing. But then it gets bad because I'll like have pieces and I'm trying to put them together. And then I realized later, I'm like, oh, like... I have this character in this scene, but then like previously they're not even in the same area as the other characters anymore. So then I have all these plot holes and I'm like, this is what yeah. happens when you piecemeal a story. You just all puzzle into a book. It doesn't work, but you know, eventually you, yeah, you find yeah. all the pieces and you get them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just takes way longer. But I, I also like, I made an outline once as well. And then I was like, I, I like didn't even use how I'd like change the entire story. Like after the first plot point, I was like, Oh, actually this character should do this. And the entire outline was like void. I was like, why did I even make it? I've done that. I'm doing that currently. I I have a, an envelope where I mapped out the whole book that I'm currently writing. I I think I did like three of those things and, and now they're off on the other side of the world doing (laughs) entirely different things. I Right. We just don't have any control over our characters. Apparently. (laughs) I don't understand how people can plot out a book. Like, don't your characters do their own thing? How can you control them and keep them on this path? I don't understand. I know. People who map out like an entire book in index cards. How do you do that? How do you map out your entire book like that? Yeah. And stick with it. I know. I don't I don't get it either. <laughs> it's crazy. But hey, if it works for them, whatever works for everybody, great. <laughs> yes. I, I just I wanna understand how can you make that happen because it seems like it would make life easier if you can just look at the right. note cards and like okay we're writing this scene today okay cool i know i want to be like that i know um, all right so this is still kind of the same topic but what has your um writing slash publishing process looked like for let's start with your first book oh uh, well the first book took four and a half years of writing like in the middle of the night on the laptop in bed when I'm supposed to be asleep or my husband used to be off every Friday. So every Friday I pack up my computer and I'd go to Starbucks and I'd be there for three or four hours. Starbucks got a lot of my money in that first couple of years. (laughs) 
I should have been saving those receipts. I did not. I did not save those. Yeah, receipts. they have business expenses. Come on. <laughs> now I save all the receipts, but back then I'm just like I'm just trying to get words on a page. Now the process is a lot easier. My kids are older. I homeschool, so we're we're here all the time anyway. Okay. But they're usually done with school by like 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. And then I have until they get hungry for lunch to write. And that's usually a good two or three hours. Some days they don't want lunch until like three o'clock. This is weird, but I'm going to keep writing because I'm in the mood. I'm going well. So it, that's why like the third book drafted so easily because I had that routine and that good three or four hour window every day to just sit and write as much yeah. as I needed to. I had one like 9,000 word day and that was crazy. Wow. I've never done that since then. Good but for you. That was a really good day. I was writing like the- You were really inspired that day. It was a good day. Yeah. And so you're on, um, so they're on Amazon. So are you publishing just through Amazon or you have oh, like no. I'm Ingram everywhere. Spark or like, yeah. what are you doing? I'm using Ingram Spark. So my books are okay. everywhere, but I also okay. have consignment deals with, um, three working on four local bookstores so oh. I can be like on their shelves because that's that's a big thing for me I want to be able to go to a bookstore and see my books and take an obnoxious amount of pictures and make my kids pose next to them and take even more I want to I want that <laughs> feeling of I, I probably will never be on a Barnes and Noble shelf but that's okay because Barnes and Noble yeah. gotten very restrictive on who they actually put on their shelves oh really but if I can go to a, like a local bookstore and point and say hey those are my books I wrote that that's a good feeling how does that work do you do they buy them from Ingram or do you buy them and like give like send them to the bookstore you know what I mean so the way I'm doing it is I have a stock sorry I sell them on my website so like people want a signed copy they don't live near me that's the way to get a signed copy but so I already have stock I take them to the bookstores and I'll they have most of them have like an actual contract where I put books on their shelves, they keep 40% of the sale, and I get the rest. Okay. So you don't really make a lot of money doing it, but you know, most, most people didn't get into writing books to make money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mostly you get into it because you've got books in your head that you cannot get to shut up. But it works out fun because a lot of the bookstores around here, if you have consignment with them, they also do local book fairs. Oh. But only authors who are on consignment with them are invited to participate in these fairs. Oh, cool. Okay. Those fairs do tend to make a good bit of money. Like I've sold more books in one day at the fair I did a couple weeks ago than any other way I sell books. Yeah, I I just recently realized that that I feel like going to events and like being in person sells way more books than like online yeah. for sure. Like like my Imaginarium was the first event I've ever done. And that looked so much fun. It, it was fun. I just like had no idea what I was doing, obviously, because I never know what I'm doing. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I can actually like this is literally sold more books here than I have on like all of my <laughs> like Amazon. Like yeah. so I was like, yeah, note to well, self, do more events. Readers get to see you. Right. They and get talk to, see to how you. How excited you are about it. And then you can just like, hey, this is a fantastic world I created. You should learn more about it and here have yeah. some copies in read them and love them. All right. So let's keep going. So what message or type of character is important to you to portray when in any of your stories? I am not a fan of the damsel in distress or, you know, whatever the male equivalent of that is. Like, I don't want somebody to come in and save my character. Like I want them to be able to save themselves. And I have put them in many situations where they have to save themselves because nobody's coming. Because yeah. I, it, it, 
you know, they say writing is healing and that's how people like can work through some of their trauma. This is me working through my trauma. Like you can't expect other people to come save you. You have to figure out how to save yourself. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is a lot more of a fantastical, magical, eviscerating people kind of thing. But still, I would never do that in real life. But my characters get to do that. (laughs) They get to take vengeance on people that wronged them that you can't do in real life. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Maybe one day we can all be in a fantasy world and then we can release things. Are most of your main characters like um like female or male or uh, actually it's it's in pretty between. much an even split. I have like three younger main characters and then like the next generation older, three of them, and it's like two girls and a boy and two boys and a girl. So it's a nice even split. And then they okay. so they all have their animal familiars and their familiar is whatever the other gender is. So like Elena has a oh, okay. male cool. familiar. Yeah. So yes, I have 12 main characters and they are split down the middle and I really don't, I didn't do it on purpose. It just kind of worked out that way. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I, I agree. I feel like it's better to have, I don't like the main characters that are kind of like wishy-washy and like, I don't like kinda that either. So. Somebody <laughs> else to make the decisions or do the thing for them. Your yeah. main character you have to main character this thing. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. So um, what has been your biggest challenge since you started pursuing writing and publishing? I, I mean, other than actually finding time to write, I guess getting over the feeling of, I don't know what I'm doing because I don't know what I'm doing. And I, I, I tried to explain that to like family and friends who see me doing stuff like this. I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never been on a podcast before. I feel like I'm just rambling the whole time. I don't know. <laughs> You're doing great. Like, You're doing great. Over myself and do like get over yourself and do it anyway. Yes. I have so much social anxiety going to book fairs. Oh my god! I am like a sweaty, anxious mess for the first half hour. Yes. But then I, I mean, if I don't do it, nobody's gonna do it for me. So. Yes gonna go main character this shit yep that's like exactly where i am too like i think i saw a quote one time on like you know like an instagram post and somebody was talking about like anxiety and and it was like oh how do you like get over your anxiety and fear and it was like oh i don't i just do everything scared <laughs> i just do it anyway i don't i don't have a way to get out i don't have any tips or tricks you just panic attack and keep going Yes, that's me every day. <laughs> I like the first, the poor first person that came to my table at my at the at Imaginarium. I, I was like so surprised that somebody walked up to my table. I was like, "Hi!" She like already had my book, and I was like, "Oh!" I was like, "Somebody actually has my book." And she was like, "Hi, how are you?" And I was like, "Oh my god, what do I do?" I like panicked. I was like, "What do I do?" Yes, that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> And then after that, I warmed up to it and I was fine. But at first, I was like a deer in headlights. I was like, oh my God, somebody's here. There's that awkward like 20, 30 minutes. And then, you, I don't know, you just magically get okay. Or you panic attack the whole time. I don't know. I know. My, me too. Yeah. My social anxiety is like out of control. It's terrible. It's helpful if you can bring a person with you. But, you know, like my husband came with me to the last one and that was great. He didn't actually do much of anything. He was just like physically there. <laughs> Although he did sell yes. a trilogy when I wasn't at the, like the one time I left the table, he sold, wow. this, like, he sold this whole trilogy to some guy in cash. He was great. I have no idea what he told the guy, nice. but he heard me give the speech a few times. So he knew what he was talking about. 
There you go. My yeah, my husband came with me too, and um, but I don't think he was on board with the pitch because one time somebody came up and he was like, "This is a medieval fantasy." I'm like, "There is nothing medieval." I'm like, what do you mean? Like, don't say that. That's not right. I literally laughed and I was like, "It's not a medieval fantasy." Please don't. Listen. Never mind. Thanks for trying, honey. But yeah. I was like, "Thanks, but you know, just, yeah. thanks." I was like. Whatever. Okay. So what has surprised you most, either in a good way or a bad way, going through all this process? Uh, Honestly, along the same vein, getting over the social anxiety. Like it never goes away, but it does seem to fade faster. Yeah. And it turns out I'm actually really good at talking to people as long as I can get past that first awkward phase of not wanting to. Yeah. People are really nice. Even if they aren't interested in your book, they're still listening to you talk about it for a while and then politely decline. Yeah. And I think people in this like writing community, especially the self-published community, are like very nice. Like every time I reach out to somebody on like Instagram or anything or like in person, like everybody's so nice and like wants to help. And so it's definitely like, the, I feel like the community is, it, is it good. It really is. Everybody's very kind and approachable. And in, even if it's not really something they know about, they will help you as much as they can. I imagine like, everybody's had the same or similar struggles and it's not competitive. It's not right. like you're, you're all, there's a certain number of readers in the world and everybody's trying to get the same ones. Like, no, everybody is more than willing to help you figure out your genre or figure out your group to, to find your readers. And it's so nice that you can just message anybody. They are willing to help you as much as they can, or at least point you in the direction to find the help you're looking for. It's so nice. Yeah. And I, I feel like this, yeah, I feel like writing is still, it's probably like one of the least competitive things because it, sometimes it takes readers like a yeah. day to read your book. So it's like, it's like, like there's plenty of time for everybody's book to be read. Cause it takes these people like, I don't know how people read so fast. I have no so idea. Like, I've had oh my God. Like, I read all three books in a week. What? It took me five years. It takes me like a month to read a book. Uh, It took way too long. You need to go read them again. You clearly didn't do it correctly. (laughs) It took me four years to write this book, but you need to take longer. (laughs) Um, We kind of talked about this a little bit, but what, so like, how do you do, you said you don't really have a lot of advice for like anxiety and things, but like, how have you dealt with like imposter syndrome or anxiety or any of that kind of stuff? Just kind of muscled through it. This is going to sound embarrassing, but I have a like a picture folder on my phone of screenshots of really good reviews. Nice. Like some of them are just from my editor comments from when she was going through and like just cackling because the characters are funny or or she really liked this line. But I have a file and it's probably got like 12 pictures in it. Not a lot, but enough to boost my yeah. ego and help me get over whatever is in my head telling me I'm bad at this because there are, there are strangers over here telling me that I'm not bad at it. So the voice in my head can just shut up long enough for me to finish whatever I was doing. And then I can, you know, cycle back through more po- imposter syndrome after I've finished whatever it is <laughs> I needed to do. Right. <laughs> That's a good idea, though. I should do that. <laughs> it's a nice little ego boost. I also yeah. have one of my best friends is, um, she's never actually read my book. Because she's an audiobook person and I don't have them in audiobook. Oh, yeah. But she's been like my critique partner since the beginning. I'll send her random oh. scenes or chapters like, hey, does this sound right? Does this make sense? And I can just message her and be like, hey, I don't feel, I, I feel like a crappy person or a crappy author. And she'll just rave about me to me <laughs> until I feel better. Aww. Everybody needs a cheerleader in their life. 
<laughs> yes, yes, for sure. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, all right. So what kind of keeps you going if like, if like, if you have a bad review or like the sales are not good or like, what kind of like keeps you going? Stubbornness, really? And that's all it is. I have okay. the stories yeah. in my head. They're, the characters aren't shutting up. So just because other people don't like them, I still have to write them down because otherwise I start dreaming about these characters. I'm like, I want to have my own dreams, not your dreams. <laughs> so not yours, yes. on paper So that I can dream about my own life and not yours. Yes, dream about the millions yes. of dollars that you'll make in the future as a writer. Yes, you need your own yes. dreams. Short answer, pure stubbornness. That is why I keep going. <laughs> Perfect. This is as good an answer as anything else. Uh, all right. So what is your um, end goal with writing? Do you have like a certain number of books in mind or like what's kind of the goal? I used to have a certain number of books in mind and then I wrote those books and more books kept happening in my head. So like... Now it's pretty much yeah. just, I'm just going to try and finish writing books before I die. Like, I want to finish writing the series before the world okay. is me. I'm going to end this world. We'll see if that works out. I don't know. Um, okay. Because every time I think I'm I'm done, I'm not. Something else pops in my head. Ooh, what about that? <gasps> what if so-and-so went on a pirate adventure? Well, now I need to know what that's going to be like. <laughs> I've never written a pirate book before in my life. I don't think I've ever written anything outside of a boat on the river, but now I feel like I need to understand how pirate ships work. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Gotta go research. <laughs> and, you know, we can just ride on a boat for a little while just to, just to you know, get the full experience. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, are all your books like in the same world? Yes. Yeah. So, like the first three books um, are all like back to back to back. And then the book that I'm writing now takes place three years later. It's following one of them. It's following, okay. Following Roska, which you meet in the end of the first book, and then you get to know him more in the second and third book. So this is his story three years later. It's just him. Okay. The other characters pop in. Nice. They make like cameo appearances, but it's his story. And then Elena will get her own story. And Quinn, which is my other teenage boy character, will get his own story. He's going to go on the pirate adventure because I want to write that book now. Nice. Fun. So are the first three books like multiple point of oh, view? Yeah. And then these ones are just one? Well, yeah. I tried to do it just one. I, uh, so the first <laughs> the first three books, um, Storm and Flame is the first book. It has two main points of view and two minor points of view. Like you get like two or three chapters from a couple of other people just because there's stuff happening over there that if you're not over there, you don't know about because the characters are on a different part of the world than the stuff that's happening here. But this stuff that's happening here is relevant to their life further on. So yeah, I, it's a lot of it's a lot of points of view. But the other, the second book and the third book have, I think, six points of view. I think that's right. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I don't know. I don't. I can't just stay in one person. <laughs> I can't even write in first person. I don't know. The Kindle Vela is in first person, and that's weird. Okay, that's good though. I actually used to only write like when I was writing, like I started writing as a kid, and I would only ever write in first person. And then like, I don't know why I just decided that I should write in third. I think I read somewhere that like, first person is like, the easiest way to write. And so like, you shouldn't do it or something. They were like, if you want to be a better writer, write it third person. And I just like took that to heart for some reason as a younger person. And I was like, I'm gonna write third person now. Good for <laughs> no, you. Challenge yourself. Like for me, it's the opposite. But you know, I I I'm having a hard time writing in first person. I just oh I yeah, don't understand how can you? Because it's like first person present tense. How can you describe everything that's going on around you 
from this one person's point of view. But obviously, people do it. It's just a weird challenge for me. Yeah. And he wanted his story told like he's the one telling it. So this is how we're doing it. The rest of my books are like third person omniscience. So like, okay, you're like in their head, but not in their head, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know what That's they good. know. But then you as the reader are in six different points of view. So you know stuff that the other person doesn't know. It's, right. It's fun. It's a little bit uh, like scattered, but it's fun. Yeah, it sounds great though. It all works together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fine. It'll tie together. Just stay along for the ride. <laughs> I get a really good editor. I got a really good editor. She makes things make more sense. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> all right. So let's go into our little rapid fire round. So just quick questions and then uh, give me the answer that you first think of. (laughs) So what is your day job if you have one? I am a stay-at-home parent and homeschool parent. What hobbies do you have besides writing or reading? I knit. Well, I mostly, I knit knit baby blankets for my pregnant friends. Oh, that's fun. It is (laughs) fun. And it's like a, it's a personalized birthday or baby present. Uh, Okay. So what is the, your favorite book that you've read? That I've Red. Ooh. Okay. Um, yeah. shh, that's not a fair question. It's like asking my favorite child. <laughs> what is one? What is one of them? Okay. And one of them. <laughs> there is a book by Jen DeLuca called Well Met. I read that book at least once a year. It is a contemporary romance, but like they spend a lot of time in a Ren fair, so you get contemporary, but also like medieval. It's so much fun. Oh, that sounds fun. Simon Graham is the best book boyfriend ever. I will hear no arguments to the contrary. <laughs> All right. I'll have to check that one out. What is your favorite time of day to write? Um, I think my favorite time when like, if I get to choose is going to be like in the evening. But in reality, I almost never write then. I usually get like that morning slot after school, but before lunch. But ideally, evening, because that's when my brain is ready and relaxed. Okay. And so what kind of music do you listen to when you're writing? I can't. I cannot. You can't? Nope. Wow. <laughs> like if there is sounds, it's like ambient sounds on YouTube or that um, The Witcher Fire Pit on Netflix. Oh, like, okay. I can't do, if there's lyrics, I sing along and I forget what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. That's fair. <laughs> I got that ADHD. I can't focus if there's words. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, okay, so what is your biggest pet peeve or trope that you hate seeing in books? Okay, that's a toss-up between the pregnancy trope as an attempt to keep the couple together or miscommunication, because miscommunication just drives me crazy. Just talk to each other. Oh, my God, it's not this hard. <laughs> right, it's not that hard. Like, come on, <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> uh, okay, and last one. What uh, trope or theme do you want to write that you haven't written yet? Enemies to lovers. It's my favorite of all time. Okay. But I don't think, I, I don't trust myself to build the tension and do it correctly. So I haven't tried. But it's yeah. the best. It's the best. Yeah, I feel like it's really hard, though. I don't know if I could do it either with this. I feel like the buildup, I would just be like, just get together already. Stop miscommunicating and just talk to each other and go. But also, I can't write, like, steamy romance scenes. And I feel like Enemies to Lovers done well has a lot of steam and heat building up. I I get too embarrassed writing that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, me too. (laughs) It's all right. I'm the only person in the room, but I'm still giggling and my face is on fire. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I know. know. (laughs) It's terrible. Okay, so we're coming to the end here. Um, last couple questions. 
Um, so what advice do you have for somebody who's just starting out as an indie author or kind of interested in doing it? This is going to sound kind of cliche, but there is a quote that floats around like you can't edit a blank page. I believe that. Like I will word vomit all over the page and it might be absolute garbage, but at least there are words there that I can fix later. So if you are worried about not writing the right words, there's no such thing. Just write some words. If you're worried that you don't like that one, put it in brackets and then go hunt for the brackets later. But write words. Any words at all are better than no words. Yeah, I feel like um, you just have to get started. I think a lot of people are like, I, you know, I can't do it. I'm not a writer. I don't know enough stuff, whatever. And it's like getting started is definitely like... Your first draft is not going to be awesome. It might be all right. It might even be pretty good. But the awesome comes after several rounds of editing. And that's just normal. But that's part of the reason why it took me so long. Like the first book took forever because I kept trying to make it gold from the beginning. And it's not not supposed to be. Yeah, I feel like I'm like a perfectionist. So to me, I'm like, it has to be perfect. But it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Doesn't it have to, to be perfect. Exist. You can mold it and shape it later. It's, it's clay. It's not mining for diamonds. Exactly. Okay, so what projects do you have coming up? You said you're working on the fourth book. Yes. I am working on the fourth book. It is so much harder than I thought it would be. (laughs) The the third book came so easily because I already knew everything that was going to happen. You know, it's the end of a trilogy. You, you know, the the ends you have to wrap up. The fourth book is hard because it's just a brand new story. Right. It's going really slowly. I have been drafting this one since November. It is. Uh, I'm not even a third of the way through it. Well, that's okay. You got your Kindle, Kindle Bella, yeah. so anybody who's who's missing your writing can check that out. That's true, and I mean those are those are fun, easy little C like episodes to write every week. I can write one of those in a day, edit it, and get it ready to go, and that's fun. And they're very different. I like so those are following Aiden, who's immortal and has been around for over a thousand years. I like to call him the unofficial god of ADHD, and he is. I mean. <laughs> His stories cannot go in a straight line, and it's fantastic. But I can't write him for too long. (laughs) He gives me a headache. But it's fun. It's fun to write, and it's fun to read. And it's just a good little brain break for when I'm struggling with book four. Yeah, I feel like that's interesting to have a character that, like, has that many. Like, it's an old character, been around for a while, has a lot of stories. So I feel like that's probably really fun to write. It is. And he still has, like, that mind attitude of, like, a 22-year-old, 23-year-old. Like, he is not sure at all. He hits on anything (laughs) that moves. It's great. (laughs) Nice. All right. um, So where can we find you? Are you going to any events coming up? What's your social media? Plug all the things that you have. (laughs) Go for it. Well, I am on social media. uh, M. Wanless, author, pretty much everywhere. Uh, I think Twitter, it might still say writer, but I'm never on Twitter, so I don't use that one. So don't look for me there. I'm not there. I'm there, but I'm not there. Uh, I have a website. MalloryWanless.com, and that has like links to all the things. If you can't find me, go there. And uh, as for events, I am doing um, a new one. It's new to me. It's very local. Tomball, Texas, um, local author fest. I think it's a fest, not a fair. I'm not sure what the difference is, but pretty sure it's local author fest at a local community college. There's supposed to be like 20 or 30 other authors there and panels, and that'll be fun. But other than that, yeah. I'm on the wait list for a lot of things for next year, but I have a lot, you know, 
lot of social anxiety and travel anxiety. So I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone to go do far away things, but I haven't done that yet. All right. Well, me too. I'm like, I feel like all the big events put yeah. you on the wait list, like so fast. Like I, <laughs> I apply for the Imaginarium for next year. Me too. I don't, I don't think they announced yet who's doing it though. And like a Polycon always looks like so much fun, but like that's in DC. It would cost me probably a good eight to $10 to get there. Plus a hotel, plus everything like that's going to yeah. be, I would have to sell at all the books in the world to make up the cost yeah that's that's far for you yeah i definitely did not make i made up the cost at imaginarium for the table like the cost of the table but i had to get a hotel so i mean i didn't make up the cost for like all you know (laughs) you you know from what i've heard book fairs you don't usually make a lot of money you're you're good if you can recoup your costs but that's about it you're mostly there to get your name out there more and get more people to know about you yeah right that's like mostly my goal anywhere I go because yeah. I'm still new. So it's like nobody knows who I am. <laughs> you I already have like four that. books out. So people know who you well, are. Well, I have, but I have three. I published them all in a six month period. So like I have three books out, but I haven't okay. celebrated the first birthday of the first book. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you're almost there. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all I have. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today on Behind the Writer. Make sure you're following our Instagram at BehindTheWriterPod for all the latest updates and previews of the guests to come. We'll see you next time.